Welcome back to the Ways to Flourish podcast, where we discuss how to flourish through our challenges and elevate voices across William & Mary's campus. I'm Lindsay Heck. And I'm Jenny Heldendaller. And today we're talking about fishing with the co-founders of the Matoka Bottom Feeders with Dudley Harmer, the former vice president and former president, Xavier Stars. Welcome, guys. How are you? Doing good. How are you? Wonderful. Excited to talk about the organization that you guys have established. So tell us, how did Matoka Bottom Feeders come to be? What what inspired you to do this registered student organization focused on fishing? Well, I think it was our freshman year and, uh, you know, we were plagued with COVID. There were not a lot of activities and we were looking for a fun way to engage people and get outdoors together. Dudley and I at the time were in ROTC together and we shared a love for fishing, so we turned to each other and said, hey, what if we started the school's first fishing club? And a few months later, uh, we were able to do that, and we had a lot of success at first, getting a lot of uh, new club members, but then we actually hit some setbacks early on because we weren't actually allowed to fish on the lake, so we could organize around the idea of fishing but not actually get into doing it. A few months later, and after petitions and petitions, um, we're finally able to get access to fishing Lake Matoka and have access for everybody to fish from a boat, which was really cool. For everyone and not just the club? Well, it's limited to the club through the research, but the club isn't exclusive. Okay, so inherently your club is linked to research. Yes, yes. We actually created a research form that uses GIS data to log each individual catch. We log, you know, lengths, sizes, what it's caught on, the conditions it's caught on to hopefully be used for future research. And we've logged at this point, I believe it's close to 800 unique catches, which is really awesome. So what's floating around out there in in Lake Matoka? It's uh, mostly largemouth bass, but there is some really good panfish, like some crappies and some bluegill. And we generally have, we've got some like really big crappie. And I think Ian caught a catfish. Yeah, there's like a catfish or two in there. What's the largest that's been caught? The largest fish that's been caught was a long-nosed gar. That was by me. I'm proud of it. (laughs) Congratulations. It was uh, 46 inches and 10 pounds. And they kind of look like alligators. They're really cool if you should look it up. And then the largest largemouth bass we've caught to date is about 21 inches and 4.27 pounds. I had no idea they got that big in that body of water. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy. The bait fish populations are doing really well. And that tends to make some of the fish really big. Like, it's it's really interesting. There's always, like, big schools of bait fish flopping around. So what are you fishing with when you go out there? You know, it depends on, on the day and the weather. But with the large, you know, bait fish populations, any sort of, like, shad imitation crankbait, which is like a piece of plastic that looks very similar to a shad in different colors and variations, it's got a bill on it, so it kind of shakes in the water, and you just reel it in, and the fish are very attracted to that. Worms as well. The worms work really well. What kind of worms? So they're called Senkos, five-inch Senkos. It's a five-inch little rubber worm. The green ones do really well. And you just flop them around in the water like a worm, and the fish eat them. And how have you learned what works well in that setting? Is it just trial and error, or is there a specific formula that you follow for your success on on Lake Matoka? I think it's a little bit of everything. I mean, you you do your research on what should work well on a windy day, on a gray day, on a sunny day, but I think a lot of it is trial and error, and you you become comfortable with throwing different sorts of artificial lures, and then once you really get comfortable with a lure, you can present it really well to mimic what the fish eats normally. 
And why Lake Matoka? Is it just for the simplicity of the access or do you guys have other places that you take the group out to? There's some interesting fisheries around Williamsburg, but Matoka is just so accessible and easy, especially for students. Like with the boathouse there, it's really easy to, you know, get out on a canoe and go fishing. Whereas if you're going to another body of water, largely you're not going to have access to those boats. So getting to good spots is more difficult unless you have your own boat and you take it and launch it. It's just on campus and super easy. How often do y'all usually like are actually able to get out on the water? Is it all year or? So the boathouse has its dates when it's open and, and closed. It normally closes down later this semester when it starts to get cold outside and then it'll open back up in the in the springtime. What is the process? Can anyone go down to the boathouse and go fishing anytime? Like can we fish from the shoreline? Do you have to go out onto a boat? What does that look like? So there's a number of ways that you can become engaged with the lake, whether that's fishing or not fishing. Um, if you're just interested in paddling the lake, you can do that with a canoe, a kayak, a paddleboard. And all you have to do is look up the Matoka Boathouse site, see when they're open. This semester, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and they have specific hours each day. You go, you fill out a waiver, and then you can paddle. If you want to fish, it's a little bit more nuanced. Um, if you want to fish from a canoe, you can do that. You just have to be on a research list that being a part of the Matoka Bottom Feeders gets you a part of that research list, or you can fish from shore. I will emphasize that you can only fish from shore and not from docks, though, because that creates some liability concerns. So in your Instagram bio, y'all say conservation, mental health, and sustainability. What is that focus on mental health within the club? You know, being outside is just really generally good for mental health, getting that sunlight exposure, you know, connecting with nature, feeling a nice breeze, getting the sunlight. Yeah, I would say there's something very restful about just being able to go out on the water either by yourself or with a friend. It's amazing because you forget about everything out there and you just really appreciate, you know, how beautiful the water is, how beautiful the fish you're holding are, um, the changing seasons. It's really a a powerful time out there, and I encourage most people to do it. You know, students at William & Mary, a lot of us have very, you know, busy schedules, are involved in a lot of things on campus, and it's just like a three-hour break from everything. You don't have to think about your midterms next week, the assignments due that night. It's just three hours to be out on the water. Checking out the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources, they have their top 10 list of the benefits of fishing, the contributions to conservation. Many of those are funded through fishing licenses. Do you have to have a fishing license to fish here on campus? Uh, yes, you do. But if that's a barrier for anyone, uh, the club is actually working to subsidize licenses for students so it can be more accessible to getting out and catching that first fish. Yeah. And then also the social experience of that. I think that it's just the perfect environment being outside, like you said, sunlight exposure. Us as natural beings being in these natural environments where fishing occurs and being able to make those connections. So when you all go out, is it a group activity that you're participating in or is it just your individual experience? You know, it's it's both. You can go out by yourself. Or you can go out with a buddy. The way it works is we have a group chat with all of our members, and when people are going fishing, when, you know, the boathouse is open, they'll just send a text and say, hey, I'm going fishing at the boathouse, you know, like this message if you're going to come. And then, you know, sometimes we'll get a couple people together, and uh, it goes like that. But sometimes if you just want to go out on your own, 
You can go out in, in a boat by yourself and just get some good solo time. What about the equipment? Do people have access to fishing gear here on campus, or do you need to bring that yourself? Uh, we always encourage bringing your own because, you know, it's usually a lot nicer. But that was one of our club's early initiatives was to make sure that we could make fishing accessible to everybody. And so the club uh, did purchase gear that everybody is able to use to go out and go fishing. And, you know, even without any experience, there are tons of people in the club that would volunteer to help share that first experience with you fishing because it's really quite uh, enjoyable. We talked a little bit about bait. What kind of reels are you guys using and rods are y'all using out there? I'm a Shimano fan. Shimano is a Japanese brand. They make some very good fishing equipment, and I just have one of their rods and reels. Any spinning gear or uh, bait casters work well in Lake Matoka? I fly fish sometimes, too. It's such a beautiful sport. It is. It's really cool. And, you know, fly rods are typically lighter, have more bends, so a two-pound bass on a five-weight fly rod is a lot of fun. <laughs> and I have to ask, too, what about using your catch as your next meal? Are you guys cooking your fish? Absolutely not. No. Not, not in Lake Matoka, no. Uh, we practice catch and release in Lake Matoka. But I will say there are other fisheries that can support take-home catches, like a lot of ocean. And so in the next couple of weeks, we will actually take two different trips, one out of Norfolk and the other one out of the Outer Banks and we'll go for yellowfin tuna and sea bass respectively and we will probably catch and cook those together have, make it a club event and it'll be a lot of fun. No, that sounds so fun. I guess we had mentioned before talking about conservation efforts and then um, how research is ingrained into the club so tell us a little bit more about what the club specifically does with conservation. Uh, so we do conservation events a couple times a semester. Typically it's a cleanup. So, you know, in the off season or sometimes in season, we'll get a bunch of people together, normally organized by our conservation manager. That's one of the exec positions we have. And we get a bunch of people together and get out in canoes and go pick up all the trash around Matoka, go walk the trails, make sure to pick up all the trash. And then a couple of times we've gone to other outdoor spaces and cleaned up there. So just stuff like that, mostly cleanups. That's great. You also say that, of course, getting outside, that helps our well-being. Are there ways that you specifically talk to members of your club about wellness? I would say we encourage club members to learn about themselves by going out fishing. And, you know, we're not pressuring them to fish, but we often encourage them to do it just because you don't initially realize all of the benefits that come from it until you actually get out there and go, wow, this is really, really cool. And what kinds of things can you learn about yourself while you're on the water? Slash, like, what have y'all learned about yourselves? I think uh, in our day-to-day lives, our minds are, are generally very busy, whether it's, you know, listening to music on the way to class, taking notes in class, doing homework, any of the things we do on a daily basis. So it's a nice just break where your brain isn't actively engaged in something super mentally fatiguing. So you have a lot of time just to, to think, let your mind wander and go where it goes, and that can help you know teach you a lot about yourself. I will add, you also learn a lot of patience fishing. Absolutely. It's an important skill to have, for sure. And one more question before we go. What are the ways that you think that we can be kinder, not only to ourselves, but also to the outdoors? That's a big one, I think. Well, you know, those conservation things we do are very important for that. That's an easy way. Just picking up trash is a very easy way 
to, uh, you know, be kinder to nature. And then I think through that, just letting yourself have some, you know, rest time outside and just easy recreation time can help, you know, make you a little kinder to yourself. Yeah, I think once you actually get out there, you begin to appreciate it a whole lot more. You think about everything you're doing in nature, and that allows you to be kinder to nature. And at the same time, it gives you, you know, a sort of kindness to yourself um, while you're out there. I think it's fantastic that y'all took the time to develop this organization, especially at the moment in time that you created it. It's a wonderful opportunity for folks on campus to be able to come together around this shared outdoor experience. I I think that high five, high five on your efforts. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all so much for joining us on our session today. I hope you all have a great time on your upcoming trip. It's so exciting, and best of luck on all of the endeavors that the club is doing right now. It sounds really cool. How can folks get in touch with you if they're interested in joining you on out on the Lake Matoka? Uh, there's a handful of ways, um, but some of the best are to look for us on TribeLink. Um, you can DM us on Instagram, or if you're looking for an email address, we use matoka.bottomfeeders at gmail.com. All right, Dudley Xavier, thank you so much for being here. Thank you also to our sponsor, United Healthcare, for support of this podcast. Ways to Flourish is produced by Lindsay Heck, Calder Sprinkle, and myself, Jenny Helmendaller. 